Jimmy Hawley, former defensive tackle for the Western Mustangs, number 95, 2017 Bandit Cup champion, and you're listening to At The 55. Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. Today marks the initial, or I should say inaugural episode of a new series of interviews Dakota and I are doing. The series is called Life After Football, the whole point of which is talking with former players about their experiences hanging up the cleats and venturing into the great beyond and seeing what they learned from their experiences in university playing football and how all of that turned into the life that they are now leading. Joining us for our first episode here, we have former Western Mustang. Somehow it's always the Mustangs, Dakota. I don't know how you do it, but we have former <laughs> Western Mustang defensive lineman Jimmy Hawley joining us. Jimmy, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing good, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Like I say, uh, I kind of just stumbled upon you guys on the podcast and started listening to it, and I love that you're putting on for the culture. So, you know, what? I kind of reached out and wanted to be a part of it. Well, thank you for tuning in, man. I think, uh, you know, uh, it's good to hear. I, I love it when I hear people say that they, they hear the podcast because I know the Instagram is what catches most people. And uh, you know, so I'm happy when people listen to the audio content, too. Uh, you know, before we jump right, into right. things, uh, uh, you know, with everything going on COVID wise, how are you, your family, everyone staying safe on your end? Everyone's been good? Yeah, yeah man, everyone's good. You know, I, I, I don't know anybody that's had it or anything. I'm not going to get too in detail with any of that stuff and all controversial, but yeah, man, everything's good on my end. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, so before we get into sort of the life after the game, let's go through a little bit of, you know, your experiences with football because a bit of an interesting story from what I dug up about you. You only got into sure. football, if uh, if I read this correctly, going into your grade 12 year of high school? Yeah, I started late, man. I started as a senior. So started as a senior in high school, played six years for the Mustangs, which involved five Yates Cups appearances, two championships, two Vanier Cup appearances, one championship, 2017 uh, OUA All-Star. Um, that's a hell of a journey in its own right. Uh, and uh, as we kind of talked about before recording, uh, me playing uh, some O-line at Guelph, I'm sure we batted heads quite literally uh, at some point or other. But uh, talk a little bit about that journey, starting as a senior in high school and then you know working your way up the ranks in one of the most storied um schools in in canadian football right right well i appreciate that man you clearly did your research and uh, you know you did me did me justice there with that intro but uh, yeah so you know i was a basketball player um kind of all growing up through my life i was real uh, skinny and long and stuff like that so i was definitely fitted i had more of the body type for basketball player right and i was just in love with that so um i had moved up my dad had a store in uh, milton uh, family business and it was going well and stuff and I kind of uh, I guess outgrew the pond in Stratford where I was originally from and, and uh, kind of wanted to make a name for myself and, and I wanted to get some university recognition for basketball so like I said I moved up close to the city of Milton uh, lived with the old man and just trying to make something happen and uh, we had kind of a struggling football team at uh, Bishop Reading Catholic in Milton and uh, they were always trying to recruit big guys. And, you know, obviously walking in there at 6'5", regardless of only being about 215, 220, they, guys were on me almost every day about, uh, you know, coming out to try out for the football team. So I was never really too into it. Like I said, come from Stratford, there's no football there. And my family are big football fans, but I, I didn't really have any understanding of the game. I was distracted with basketball. So 
I, I, I got to the school in grade 11. I turned them down. Grade 12 came around. I said, you know what? I'll come out. And uh, it took me about one day. I put on the pads, and once it started hitting something, I was like, wow, this is totally unique experience, and I love this. I'm, I'm in, man. Yeah, no, everyone has that experience where football just – where you fall in love with it and you just never look back. So well, then- yeah, man. I turned around. Like I said, I played a lot of basketball, so I, was, I, was, I feel like I was a pretty good athlete. And there's one place specifically where I, I beat – the tackle in front of me got into the backfield to make a tfl and it was like wow this is the feeling is surreal you know your first one so i you fell know, in gonna, love with it right there I, i'm gonna just we'll, we'll jot this down dakota that's a right there a brilliant idea for another series we'll do is is the moment you fell in love with football but i'll be a whole other yeah. thing because now we're talking about you know getting off track from this so then you end up playing at western and you, you work your way up the ranks from you know was it essentially right, a right. walk-on position or how did you end up on the team there well, and so, you know, of course, uh, um, not having a whole lot of uh, knowledge and everything about that, I actually got lucky and went to um, one of those top 100 camps where they where you go to them and try out and they, they pick a, a top 100 and make two teams out of it or something like that. And uh, it's basically like a combine. And so I went to that, and uh, at the time, Chris Pertoya was the O-line coach and head of recruiting. And uh, him and G-Mars were out there um, looking for any kind of last-minute talent because it was kind of late. I think it was around February. And uh, went through some one-on-ones. I had a, a decent showing, and Bert reached out to me. And uh, it all really happened pretty fast, man. Within about a month, I was talking to Bert and had two uh, visits and then signed all within, like I said, about a month. So, uh, And, yeah, it was a walk-on position. They, it was, like I said, it was late in the year, so they had no scholarships. Um, so, and I'm, I'm only saying this really just because Zach is so knowledgeable with his history, but I feel like he left out a little piece. Um, okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you did you did play, uh, I think it was at least half a season with the Beefeaters, right? I did, yeah. So, like I say, being real green and everything and at the time, uh, that was when I came in was during a time when it was arguably maybe the best D-line that Western's seen with guys like uh, uh, Daryl Wad and uh, Rory Conop oh, and yeah. I mean, we had Rupert Butcher, who was oh, barely wow. even making the play, the dress roster. You know what I mean? So that says something about the uh, the talent we had there. So I sat my first year. Um, second year, we had the same guys come back, so I sat and uh, I had a coach with a good mentor and friend at the time, and D line coach uh, Mike Cerselli, and um, he suggested playing beefs and. It was it, – it's a little bit of an ego hit, you know what I mean, because you're kind of asked to go and play for the farm team and not really the team that you signed up for. But when you kind of set that aside and realize that it's for the better to get out there and get some live reps, uh, I tried to embrace it and I had some fun doing it. Well, I mean, I don't know if you remember, but I actually played uh, Beefs yeah, 2011 yeah, to 2015. Yeah, yeah, I remember that, man. Um, so can you – I mean, we don't – I don't want to stay on it too much, but just – I feel like the CJFL gets a gets a bad rep a lot, and I'm not saying that the you know there is a lot of great ballers out there, but just you know, do you think it's important that you know players like such as yourself, at least for that one year? But I mean, even like just off the top of my head, you know, Josh Woodman went down there, uh, Blake right. Huggins went down there, and then ended up coming back and dressing. Just the ability to go down for some of these schools and still get these live reps outside of just you know being a scout team. Do you think there's some importance in that? Uh, you know, I think it's. I think it's huge. Um, I, I'll, I guess I'll reference kind of back to the start of the interview here where uh, we talked about that 
kind of that first moment where you fell in love with football, you know what I mean? And when you go the whole year like I had without any kind of live reps, you, you know, you get bullied on scout team by the starting guys. And, uh, you kind of got to put your tail between your legs and just uh, and, and take it, you know what I mean? And then going in, and thinking about doing that for a second year was tough, and that was kind of a, a bit of a crossroads. So, you know, getting out to play beast and, like I say, putting the ego aside and getting some live reps and getting to hit again, it kind of reignites the fire. And uh, I, I just – I think that's so important to go out and get live reps and remember what the hell you're doing here, you know what I mean? You, you, you remember that football isn't just all holding the bags for the guys that are starting and being eighth on the depth chart and never getting to play. So it was definitely important, and I think it's great. So you go from – relatively unknown new football prospect in your grade 12 year to the Mustangs to the beefs to OUA all-star to Vanier cup champion. And then your career comes to a close and you had some, some CFL looks if I'm correct, right? Uh, yeah, I did. I was uh, a CFL prospect. Uh, I talked to all teams. Um, some guys were interested in having me uh, flip to O-line. Uh, other guys were comfortable with me at D-line. Um, and, you know, yeah, like you mentioned there, my path, a lot of guys, you know, uh, go on one path. It's pretty much down the 400 all the way home, but uh, the 401 rather, I guess. But for me, I took every back road and wrong way, and one-way street there was. And my path was all over the place. So, like you say, I went in from being completely unknown to the next year wondering if I was going to get cut from the team to absolutely uh, – like I say, it was a crossroads in second year, and it was either I'm going to pack this in and, and basically just give up and kind of uh, and fail, really, or I'm going to be a man about it, and I'm going to figure this out, and I'm going to work my ass off until I can do it. And that was kind of where I really just fell in love with it and made the decision that uh, nothing was going to stop me other than me from, from reaching my goals and at least playing at the time. So you get to the end of this this roller coaster of a career, and from what I've read about you, you stuck with your original plan that you would want to pursue in high school, which was going into policing. So that's that's where life took you after football. And that's, once again, sort of the whole uh, purpose of this. So talk a little bit about your then journey, hanging up the cleats and then getting into the next stage of your life. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it was kind of tough. Um, at the time, I was so conflicted because uh, at the time of not pursuing the professional road, I mean, because like I said, I was so obsessed with and in love with football at the time that I couldn't see my life not playing it. And I was so excited to kind of move on to that professional level when I was at the point. But, uh, you know, I can't really give you one time or one um, situation that caused it, but just, you know, maybe it's just getting older, but I kind of... I attributed a little bit to also kind of accomplishing everything, winning the championship, winning uh, league all-star and making such uh, lifelong friendships with so many people that I had felt almost like I had done everything. And a little bit of the idea of kind of starting back at ground zero, um, being a rookie again in the league. And then also just the way that the league is really kind of a meat market man and there's not a whole lot of love between players because you never know when uh your best friend's going to be getting shipped out across the country to bc next week you know so 
there was a few things that kind of added up to it. But then, like I said, at the end of the day, I kind of sat there and I said, the same love just isn't there. And it was really hard to me because, uh, like I said, I was so obsessed with it. And for me to kind of finally accept it and realize that that's where I was at, it was really tough. But once I did accept it and I had a long conversation with my dad, who was my biggest supporter and fan, um, it was really liberating. And it was uh, it made it totally easy for me to walk away from the game and, and move on to uh, the next part of my life, which is um, – working towards a career with uh, law enforcement, which was what I wanted to do since I can remember. So what's that, so what's that journey been like now that you, what have the sort of uh, steps so, been like you've taken? And you know what, you mentioned a little bit kind of when we were just talking there um, and I'll, I'll get on to it a little bit um, as we go here, but um, preparing for life after sports and uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about it just about how I kind of feel like I was a little bit underprepared uh, because for so long while I was at school I was like football is kind of what I'm doing it's gonna be what I'm doing for a long time so I wasn't focusing enough on preparing for my career once I was done and kind of hit the ground running as opposed to uh, hit the ground like a rock with no legs and not moving so uh, you know um, it, it, like I say, so once I was finished, um, I was a little bit overwhelmed because I wasn't completely familiar with um, the path and the uh, kind of some of the credentials that you need to be eligible in order just to apply. And uh, I figured it all out, you know, and it was, it, it was a little bit less overwhelming once I had kind of sat down for a week and and really planned everything out and came up with a uh, game plan of how I'm going to attack it. Um, but yeah, so basically uh, I was about halfway through the process um, with the uh, Peel Region Police. Um, I had a good uh, family connection with a, uh, a top recruiter there, or the, the head of recruiting there. And um, it's a long process. It's about a year and there's a lot of different steps to it. And like I said, I was about halfway through and uh, obviously the, the pandemic hit and everything kind of got shut down. So it's been at a bit of a standstill right now and, you know, things are starting to open up. So I'm a little bit hopeful for the future that uh, things are going to figure itself out and hopefully by September I can get back at it. Well, I mean, I think that's great that, you know, obviously there's maybe a little bit of downtime, but that, you know, I mean, you, you, you know, you at least you know what you want to do for a while and you and you have those that help and that support system to get you there. Um, but my, my question would be when you first, and we can talk on this as much or as little as you want, when you first finished, you know, football, was there, you know, a day or a week or a month where you kind of just sat there and you're like, what, like, what the fuck now? And I, I'm just going to swear you don't have to, but I mean, you know, football takes up on, on a low end, 65% of your week, including sleeping hours. And on a high end, probably upwards between like 95% and a hundred percent. But then, you know, you don't have, those mandatory lifts anymore. You don't have that, that was mandatory film sessions or the practices, or you don't have to be on this strict diet and you kind of like you're free, but with not a lot to fill that space. Was there a kind of like, you were saying you were a little bit overwhelmed. Was there like a, what the fuck now moment for you? Uh, yeah, man. And you know what? That was definitely part of the overwhelming feeling. And uh, like you say, you go from having such, I, I almost kind of attribute it, similar to uh the feeling of um a prisoner coming out of jail 
And, you know, they talk about how they had such structure and everything was planned out for them. They knew exactly what they were doing pretty much every minute of the day. And that's really what it was like for football, especially at Western with how demanding the film is and the practice schedule and all that type of stuff that I had my days planned out every hour pretty much um, other than maybe a Sunday. Once we got filmed on, we had the whole day off. But So it was tough because the other thing too was that there were a lot of things that we would want to do or um, look forward to doing maybe after football, but weren't able to do with the demanding schedule that we had. So now it's almost like the door is open and I could do anything, but now it's the decision of like, well, what am I going to pick? You know what I mean? Because there's, it's all of a sudden everything's available. It's like I put the cheat code in and all the characters are available. All the levels are available <laughs> to play. You know what I mean? So it's a little bit overwhelming. And, uh, you know, it, it does, I, it does kind of, uh, have a little bit of an effect on your mental health, just with the, um, you know, it makes you a little bit anxious. It can kind of get you a little depressed just with the idea of, um, you have so much to do, but you don't necessarily know what you're doing. So it's, it just makes it difficult because you don't have a whole lot of direction for that short period of time. So it was difficult to figure out, but you know, once you start, you give it a couple months and uh, you start getting back into stuff you love. Like I got to start playing golf again. I got to play a lot more pickup basketball. Um, I think the absolute biggest one was I got to move back home and I got to see my family every day. Like I got to, I got to see my brother every day, who's my best friend. And, you know, I got to go out for dinner with my dad once a week again. And that was six years that I spent in London, not getting to see my family as often as I wanted to at all. So it was, you know, it's like I say, it took a couple months, but it was awesome once I got it figured out. Yeah, I mean, for sure, like, once you kind of get out of that rut or over the bump, however you want to describe it, I mean, it's definitely a lot easier. Um, yeah. But just, just touching on touching on the mental health part of it, do you think that there's anything that, you know, the school or the program could do outside of just obviously, you know, football's a, a quote-unquote family, and I'm sure everyone kind of supports each other, but from uh, supporting people leaving school and, like, giving them, you know, a little bit of extra help realizing that they're going into this overwhelming nothing-but-everything option. Like, is there something you think that schools or programs could do to, to better transition players outside of sport? Um, you know, I think a, a good one would really be um, kind of a mentorship program where you have recent graduates and, uh, you know, alumni that are fresh out of school and just beginning their career to maybe be able to, you know, a, a once a month type thing where you sit down and you almost come up with a plan or you talk about what they went through and how they dealt with it, um, kind of just how they figured it out and, and encouraging preparing for it before you're done and not, like I say, hitting the ground while you're running. You know what I mean? Having to plan for what you want to do, brainstorming on things that you want to accomplish or get done in, in that short window when you're fresh out of school before you're really starting a career. And I think just having that sort of kind of mentorship program and having guys come back and, and tell you their story and give you some guidance about um, how you're going to feel afterwards. You know what I mean? Because when we're athletes and we're working out all the time and uh, you know, you're winning a lot and, and you're, you're, 
I guess, popular and stuff like that, it really feeds into your ego. And when you're kind of done playing and almost kind of quote unquote, like a normal person again, it's, it's a little bit of a hit to your ego and, and just, uh, you know, like you don't get to go to the cafeteria and get a free meal anymore or uh, get discounts at, at, at the food place around the corner from your house and stuff like that. So you got to kind of find a different avenue and a different niche in your life and, and and roll with that, you know what I mean? Because you're kind of just in space when you're freshly out of that and you got to find your identity again. Well, while I clearly missed out on the free meals and, and neighborhood discounts being in Guelph, because at least for a player of my stature, <laughs> I never got that. Um, just touching on right, that right. idea you brought up, uh, I think it was in my first or second year at Guelph, they tried instituting a program like that of connecting current players with graduated players and trying to, I guess, segment it towards people who were in the field of study that you are doing and perhaps went into um, right. careers related to that. And I know for some guys it, it did bear fruit. Uh, for others, it was kind of just like a, you know, a sort of one-off email. But I think that's a great idea. And I think that I'm sure, I'm sure probably other schools have at least played with uh, notions like that. But I, I, I totally agree for all the reasons you brought up. But getting back to something you, you mentioned earlier in terms of you're at Western and, and you're, you know, you're becoming, you know, you're becoming a starter and you're really solidifying yourself. And for all the reasons you mentioned, football is becoming your life. You, you kind of forget about life after football or any of those other avenues that you might want to pursue. And that perhaps because of that, you missed or you weren't able to take advantage of some steps that you could have at the time that would have put you in better standing upon graduation to then, for in the example that for, for yourself, pursuing law enforcement and I know plenty of teammates I played with went into law enforcement as well and I'm sure there's probably other young kids as well in playing football but uh, so just using this example what are some of those steps that as you were saying that you might have been able to do while you were still in school that would have better prepared you upon graduating um you know what I think sometimes you can get caught up in your head thinking that you don't have enough time and you think that you're too busy and you got too much going on. And I'll say for the most part that if you think that you're wrong, because there are a lot of guys, um, I mean, I, I was, I totally uh, succumbed to that, that pressure and that mindset. But you know what, when you look around the locker room and you see some guys like uh, I, the first one that comes to mind is Nick Vannon and just the amount of stuff that was on his plate at that time, the amount of things that he was a part with, um, completely demolishes that notion that you don't have enough time to do more because you always do. And it's just about having that motivation and that drive to get your butt there and do it. Because I mean, like this guy was, he was a team captain. He was a league all-star. Um, he knew what every position on the defense was doing at any given time for any given play. And I mean, outside of football, he was in medical school, becoming a doctor. He was, uh, he did, multiple programs he helped with volunteering throughout the community in London. Um, I believe there was actually even a program or a foundation that he founded himself and he ran. And on top of that, I'm, I'm pretty sure like he did some, uh, some uh, like, like tutoring and stuff like that all on the side. And, and, and on top of all that, he had a girlfriend, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it, it seemed like that guy somehow found 
30 hours in the day while everybody else was doing 24. But yeah, like I say, you get into that kind of mo- that that idea, that notion that there isn't enough time and you're doing enough. But I mean, really, if you want to do it and it's important to you, you'll find a way to do it and you always have the time. And I think just the whole idea of mentorship and just having someone to be able to, you know, pull you because it's easy to fall into that trap of, uh, you know what, we just finished practice. Let's go back to the house and we'll play video games and let's just chill out or uh, yeah. you know, I don't go the extra because because I mean, football is football in school on its own is super tough. But just having those mentors around, hey, to hey, be able uh, to, of course, and it's yeah. totally physically and mentally demanding and exhausting. But, you know, what I mean, like I say, if you're motivated enough, you'll find a way. So sticking with the student athlete experience, we talked a little bit before we started recording. Uh, you, you brought up the uh, CSAA, the Canadian Student Athletic Association. Hopefully I got that right. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about yeah. what, what, what they're doing and uh, your sort of affiliation with, with them? Yeah, so it's uh, it's very early, kind of just in its infancy stage. It's a, a nice newborn, you know. Um, and uh, Garrett Holmes, who is a, a quarterback on the team, I believe he's going into his senior year next year. Um, he uh, founded that program. And basically what it is was, I believe, a big influence for it um, on him to start the association was uh, the decision when um, the U Sports League originally overturned their original decision to allow um, players that were going to age out this year to not play next year without, and the decision was really made without any um, input from players themselves or even coaches. But um, basically, I think that, like I say, he used those examples and he wants to um, create, um, you know, all, all the pro leagues have like a, a players association where they get to have their own meetings and interact with each other and have their own board of directors and be able to sit at the table while the board of directors of the leagues are making their decisions and they have a say because ultimately the players are as much of a part of, an, of the organization as any of the other staff, you know what I mean, if not more. So I think it's an excellent thing that he's doing and it's uh, I think that it's going to take flight real fast and that people are going to flock to that being a part of it. And like I say, I'm not obviously a player anymore, but I think that having um, some uh, new, like new status alumnus alumni being a part of it, uh, guys that are kind of fresh out of school that have an opinion and that are still interested in the league and want to contribute to it somehow. So I reached out to Garrett and, and, you know, asked him if I could somehow be a part of that and, um, he, like I say, he was absolutely, uh, into the idea, but like I said, it is still really in its early stages and we're just kind of working on the development of what we're going to do with it now. But, and I, I say, we, I don't want to take any credit for it because it's all Garrett, but I, I just, I use the, uh, I use the, the pronoun we, because I feel like I, I, I want to be a part of it. So, you know, well, and no doubt the more, I think it's a great yeah. thing. It's going to, it's going to be good. And, and no doubt, the more people you get involved in that, as you mentioned, having people who have who have left the sport, I'm, I'm sure over time you'll get people who are probably pursuing things like, uh, you know, a, a, um, a career in law, uh, in you know, going to law school, things like that. People who maybe have experiences being able to, uh, I don't know, I don't know what type of, you know, 
knowledge that would bring to the table. I'm sure plenty of other areas where people are expanding their horizons, leaving school, but I'm sure just the more people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you bring absolutely. To the table. You know, yeah, exactly. guys that, that want to. Sorry, go ahead, man. Sorry. No, 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 no. Go ahead. That was that, that was it, man. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're. Just, I think we're just. We got a little bit of latency here with the streaming, so sometimes you know. <laughs> We're, we're all making um, but yeah i think i think it's good uh for guys that kind of want to get into law and especially politics um i think maybe even some guys that are doing um more political science and maybe some human resource type work um and you know it's it's good for for business as well guys that want to get into the business world you know interacting with other people and dealing with that type of stuff but it's it's really not limited to those type of guys like i was a criminology major and i would absolutely love to be a part of that so you know, it's really open to everybody and everybody's encouraged to be a part of it because the bigger the group, the stronger the voice it has. So just really want to pump that notion that uh, everybody's welcome. Beautiful. So once again, that's the Canadian Student Athletic Association. Um, and so yeah. perfect. And uh, is the, are they on where, where can people find them? Is that is it on Instagram? Do they have a website. What's the best way to get in touch? So it is on Instagram. It's got a website. And uh, obviously, if you want some more information, you can talk, contact myself but uh, or, or Garrett Holmes. You can email him directly or reach out to him on Instagram. Um, or uh, you can check it out on Google, too, and just check out the website. It's, it is set up a little bit there and has some information. But like I say, it is still early stages, so there's not a whole lot available. So if you are really interested in, in it, then uh, reach out to Garrett. Beautiful. Well, I, I'm sure we can link some... Uh something to uh what we post for this because that just seems to fall right in line obviously slightly different yeah for from what sure we do, yeah but, I'll, I'll yeah i'll give you guys garrett's uh instagram after this and i'll give you uh the url to the website perfect well jimmy thank you so much for joining us the first guest on our new life after football series uh and, and it was awesome talking to you and hearing about everything that you've been doing uh since leaving football and getting a little bit of insight into your experiences um, playing at Western. So, uh, you know, thank you so much again for, for joining us, man. Hey, man, I, like I say, I appreciate you guys having me on here. And it's, uh, I think it's awesome what you guys are doing, especially given uh, the pandemic and everybody needing to find a new way to kind of consume some content. So keep doing it, man. Keep getting the voice out there. Keep putting off the culture. And, uh, you know, hopefully we get some more fans. Appreciate it, man. All the best, eh? Awesome. Thank you, guys. Take it easy, Dakota.